Elon Musk on a, on a, on a talk was asked this year, last year, what encouragements would you give to an entrepreneur? And he said, if you need words of encouragement, don't become an entrepreneur. <laughs> Right. That's that, that's gangster. You don't need anybody, any certain person. You don't need superstars. You need a collective group of people going in the same direction. Mm -hmm. And that's a skill. You know, you have to master your craft. Mm -hmm. Again, you can't ignore that sales is a craft. Yes. You have to master it. What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the Driven Not Given podcast. And boy, do I have a treat for you guys today. Uh, this is a gentleman who uh, I followed. I, I a lot. We have a lot of mutual friends. And then one time I heard that he's doing an event in his office. And I said, I got to go to this guy's event. I heard he was doing an event and a training. And I said, if I could be there in person, if I had to drive five hours to go to this dude's training, I would have gone. Luckily, it wasn't five hours. It was 45 minute drive. So I went, I took my wife and man, we were impressed. And I got to be honest with you. I'm not impressed with that many people. I've had the good fortune to see a lot of great speakers, a lot of great trainers, but this guy left me basically speechless, right? And what he's doing with his build, with his business and his sales organization is, is something that doesn't happen very often. So from my background, to have somebody like this guy and share his knowledge, I'm very excited. So with that being said, we've got the president or the, the chief encouragement officer, as, as uh, his title is with his company, Mr. Jerry Naharo. How you doing, my brother? I'm doing phenomenal, bro. You're too kind with that introduction. Bro. Oh, too man. kind, bro. Thanks, bro. Thanks, bro. Hey, first of all, I love that that uh, title, the Chief Encouragement Officer. Right. How did that come about, bro? Uh, yeah, somebody just called me the Chief Encouragement Officer one day, and they <laughs> gave me a plaque that said, you know, to put on your desk and stuff. Nice. Um, I don't, I don't, I don't think uh, anything of titles. Uh, titles don't make men, you know. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. you know, men, men's character make men. So. I love it. But, uh, you know, I, I took the chief encouragement officer one because I do like to encourage, you know. Uh, I make a joke about it. I don't have much. I'm a high school dropout and stuff. So on my resume, if I applied for a CEO position somewhere, they would only say, <laughs> I'm an encourager. Right, <laughs> right. Know? So not much of <laughs> a resume. That's funny. You know, that's one of the, it's funny that you say that because <clears throat> one of the things that I see that some of the most successful entrepreneurs have, not all of them, but a lot of them, is that their resume in and of itself, right, before entrepreneurship isn't all that impressive. So they wouldn't get a high-paying job. At least I wouldn't. No, neither would I. You know what I mean? Like, if you see, I barely pass high school and whatnot, and um, yeah, so I, I wouldn't get a high-paying job. Luckily, luckily, entrepreneurship and capitalism, right? Yeah, for sure. And uh, not because education is not good, but putting people in a box, formal education, I think, trains you a different way than just being a free thinker does right so, absolutely man yeah. so we got so much to dive into in this interview here today but one of the things i want to spend a couple minutes on is i'm if, curious but first bro i want to ask you bro yes i'm gonna keep it real with you i'm gonna keep it real with your, with your listeners bro and i want to keep it real can i keep it real 100 percent. okay good listen right. man don't hold I back i always ask people for permission because yes. you know unsolicited advice creates resentment so yes no no sure no they're open to, they're open for it hey you know? nobody's twisting anybody's arm to listen to this podcast bro no, no, so me. you know what i mean and here's the thing who i want to attract to the podcast are good guests like you that have good content and that are real no sugarcoating shit here no, 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 okay no. and the listeners that are getting attracted to this they're they, they tend to not be the herd mentality people Sure. They tend to be the free thinkers. Sure. And that's who we want it to be. Yeah. I don't care about a lot of views. I care about valuable content. And the views that are going to come with it, let them come. So that's my philosophy. Awesome. So let, let's start off in the beginning. Now, I'd like to know a little bit about what what created the man that we've got here today, right? The, the chief encouragement officer of the Avery Group. Tell me a little bit about where you grew up and how your upbringing was. Um, man, I grew up all over the place. You know, I think, I think it's not very stellar. I mean, I, I think that... And I guess we can dive into that, close it off with that, because mm -hmm. the truth is that's full circle, right? Yeah. I think um, I grew up in East L.A. Mm -hmm. I grew up South Central East L.A., different places. Uh, my father was an alcoholic when I was a kid, so we moved around a lot, which kind of forced me to make friends every new place we went. Yeah. And uh, then grew up in Lincoln Heights, which is where I, I, I spent the, my teenage years. And uh, yeah, man, pretty, pretty simple, pretty basic, broke kid, you know, just wanting to be somebody. Yeah. You know, and... Uh, yeah, but I think uh, just like parenting, I think it's a thing about in business, you know, you, you find out what you don't want to be as a parent. Right. And so same True. thing in business, you find out what you don't like about about uh, a boss or about an owner of a company. And you try to be the best you can when you have that shot. 
Correct. So, you know, you implement different things like encouragement. That's know? right. And I tell my guys all the time, you know, if, if you're Hispanic, your parents probably didn't take the encouragement class. Right. So, right. Um, so you know, if you want to be a better parent, encourage. And if you want to be a better leader, then encourage people. You yes. Know? It's the hardest thing to do because it's easy to, you know, tell people, what the fuck is wrong with you? Why didn't you do this? Why didn't you do that? And it's much more difficult to, what well, that person's already down, it's much more difficult to come back down to their level and pick them back up. Right. Much, I, much more I, difficult. I agree. I agree. You know, for me, growing up where I grew up in, in what, what, what is a hood, right? Probably not as hood as South Central, <laughs> right? Uh, or, or East LA, but, you know, never Linwood, Southgate. Sure. If I crossed the train tracks, I was in, in Watts. Sure. Uh, but the point is, that definitely creates for a lot of people, for good or bad, sure. a certain level of grit. Yeah. Right? Because I'm sure you had struggles growing up as a kid, right? Sure, 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 sure. And in life, we're going to have struggles. And so, do you remember any particular events or period as a kid that kind of shaped you to have that grit? You know, because what you've accomplished and what you're developing, which is even more important because I believe that success is not success without successors. And you have successors. You're developing people, which is what we're going to get into, right? But as a kid, what are some things that may have happened in, in, in your, you know, growing up that allowed you to do that? Oh, God, it's a slew of things, you know, I mean, life is a continuum of experiences and learning opportunities. So to sit here and give you one, it'd be, it'd be, you know, a disservice. But I will tell you one that 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 I know for sure scarred me, you know, I, I'm, I was raised, my mom and dad got divorced when I was about eight years old. And so I was raised by a single mom. Mm -hmm. And uh, when she when I was in high school, she lost her job. Um, she was a dental assistant, got very ill. She had uh, rheumatic fevers. And uh, it led my sisters and I to start to begin to be responsible. So I, I had, a, you know, had a job right after high school. Then I, we would deliver the newspaper, the Investors Daily, um, which gave me an opportunity to see what investors read uh. and to deliver it to really nice neighborhoods. Um, so, but I couldn't do that job after school and do the delivery and then go and yeah. go to school the next day. So I opted for, you know, to work instead of going to school, continuing high school. I dropped out. Got it. Um, but... Um, you know, no, knowing that my mom had given this company 20 years of her life and that they could let her go in a minute, yep. it, it, it just gave me the, the real world view of what corporate America was. Yep. And I think that, that that instance really, really gave me the entrepreneur vision. Mm. You know, entrepreneurship for most people, most people think, I, I believe that most people have this idea, entrepreneurship comes from this, you know, have an idea, let's do this. Right. And it comes from this really happy place. And I think that what drives entrepreneurs is what they don't want to be, where they don't ever want to be again. Right. Who they want to save out of that, That's that rut. Um, what people they want to get out of the ditch once they're out of the ditch. Yep. And uh, that for sure drove me to entrepreneurship because I, I saw what corporate America did. I saw the impact it had when, you know, a layoff is just a word to most people, but it determines somebody's lifestyle, yeah. their Christmas, their birthdays. Right. It determines everything. And so I take that very serious, man. Entrepreneurship is, for me, is a responsibility. I love um, it. To my people, you know. I love it. You know, I, I can certainly relate to that because for me, I saw my mom struggle in this country and whatnot. I was also raised by a single mom. Hmm. And for me, I wanted to become an entrepreneur because I wanted to give my mom a better life. Yeah, now yeah. it's my mom and my children. You know, I now have two kids. But... I remember at 18 years old, I wrote down, retire my mom on her before the age of 30. Mm. And I was hell-bent on retiring my mom. Mm. And the only way that I was going to accomplish that is through entrepreneurship. Sure. Not through going out there and getting a job and working for somebody else. Because also, I paid attention to older people. And I realized, man, that family is devastated because they got laid off. And then the pandemic in 2020 taught us how unsustainable... Mm. A job can be man right. and how it's so cutthroat man right. so this whole thing about job security is that's an oxymoron that's mm. not true man 100%. so i you know i believe that anybody can be an entrepreneur will everybody be successful at it no most people don't have the grit the stomach for entrepreneurship we were just talking about the shirt earlier yeah how elon musk on a on a, on a talk was asked this year last year what encouragements would you give to an entrepreneur? And he said, if you need words of encouragement, don't become an entrepreneur. <laughs> right. That's that, that's gangster. Right. Would you agree that that's true? Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I agree. man. 
I mean, if you need it, you, you probably can't do it. But. Yeah, exactly, right? So it's like, and it's cool, right? But for the long haul of entrepreneurship, it's going to get tough. It's yeah. not going to be easy. It's going to get ugly before it gets good. But it'll be worth it, right, if you have the right mentors, which is one of the things I want to talk to you about. Tell me, bro, about your, your transition into the quote-unquote real world and into the entrepreneurial world, bro. How did you become, you know, when you started officially working and, and getting into entrepreneurship, how did that happen? So, you know, I knew that, that I knew about the corporate America myth, right? Right. But obviously you have to live in the world. You have to make, you have to make money. You have to pay the bills. And so I didn't know any other way at the moment. I ended up getting a job. Uh, you know, I was 19, about to have my first daughter, mm -hmm. and which is the, one of the loves of my life. And um, I, I went to one of these um, job agencies, right? And I got a job. They hooked me up with a warehouse job right. uh, out in Glendale. They happened to be an engineering company, uh, one of the arms for Coca-Cola. Okay. But I started in the warehouse, and I just started working really hard. About six months later, some guy notices me and um, says, you work really hard. And I said, okay. And mind you, I'm 19. I'm, I got earrings. I've always had tattoos. Yeah. And, you know, I'm just, just this punk kid, right? And he says, I want to give you a, sh a shot in customer service. And I said, uh, Okay. He goes, you know how to do that? I said, of course I do. I know what customer service was. <laughs> right, right. And, uh, you know, long story short, I, I was 10 years with that company. I became a national sales manager for Coca-Cola, the wow. manufacturing division. So I flew around the country, even some uh, Mexico and Central America to expand, talk to the bottlers. And, um, you know, 10 years, but it never left me. I was always on guard. You know, I was, made a six-figure income, bought my first house at 24. But I was on guard all the time about, mm -mm, this isn't long-term for me, it's long-term. Right. You know, something happens, everybody has these age things, right? Like at 25, you start maturing. At 30, you know, you rethink life. Mm -hmm. And so I was 29, from 19 to 29, 10 years there, it was like a, like a sentence. I did 10 years, right, in corporate yeah. America. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and I started rethinking my life and... Um, uh, I transitioned to another place temporarily, uh, worked for the Kennedy family out in uh, La Habra and uh, selling restaurant equipment. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, I was kind of on their yacht all the time, oh, wow. clients, and it's kind of cool, but you, know, you can't do that forever. Yeah. You know, and, and so somebody recruited me, man. I ended up meeting a guy that used to work in customer service for me. And uh, he was like, yeah, I'm doing this insurance thing. I go, ah, you, you're stupid. <laughs> I can't believe you're doing that. Yeah, they got you. Right, and, right. And uh, he told me and I said, you know, that's funny. I'm a client. You know, I, I do have that insurance. And uh, I go, I do believe in the products. And, uh, you know, I'm a single dad. And I think that we should all protect ourselves with life insurance. Yeah. And he says, why don't you do it part time, man? You know, he's super smart. They, tra yeah. they trained him well. Right. Because he was one of my guys that I trained, you know. And so yeah. he said, if I'm making an extra 500 bucks a month, imagine what you could do. And I said, <laughs> you're right. That's true. <laughs> and uh, so he recruited me and, uh, you know, I had my first experience in entrepreneurship, being independent and uh, uh, my first two years, man. Uh, I was showing the guys a video the other day. It's this funny video of, of this soccer player getting his getting his face kicked in all the time. It's a funny video. Oh right! And this guy's blocking the ball with his face, uh, <laughs> you know, and he's bloody, and the ball keeps kicking him right in the face. And I said, that's what my first two years in sales looked like. Right. Like in actual sales, you know, being a national sales manager for a company isn't doing sales. Right. It's corporate America, and uh, but going into entrepreneurship was tough, man. You mm -hmm. know, sitting down at the kitchen table with people and actually explain things to them and. And uh, getting them to say yes, yes, uh, is was the so toughest thing. That's a grind. It's a grind, and uh, but but once you learn it, then it's magic. Yes, you know it's magic. I think salespeople, there's something spiritual about doing sales, professional sales, mm -hmm. um, where you know everyone from the manufacturer uh, to the mailman, you know, delivers products and services to the people that were behind the scenes are blessed by the salesperson that yep. creates that sale so i strongly believe in sales sales is is the opportunity but yeah it was for, it was tough the first two years yeah i tell people that being in sales your first two years is like you know the story of king midas right uh, i think so everything you used to touch turn to gold turn to gold right so in sales it, it's quite the opposite the first two years everything you touch turns to shit right it's like <laughs> that's true you just you're just gonna mess it up man that's and, right and you know every lesson is such a learning lesson though if you if you're able to stomach it Pick up the pieces. Say, okay, I won't do that again. Yes. And uh, okay, 
God, I'm not going to do that again or going to do this better next time. Uh, you, you get better. You're an incredible salesperson and you have a lot of incredible salespeople. And, and one of the things that impresses me about you is that you have a lot of incredible, not only salespeople, but leaders, entrepreneurs in your company, which we'll get into. But what's most impressive is that those people, a lot of those people, they never even thought of getting into entrepreneurship or sales. Yet right now they're like, confidence is through the roof. They're getting the results and whatnot. And that's impressive. Do you think, and I think I know the answer to this, but I'd love for you to know, for somebody out there that's watching this or listening to this and ask themselves, but I've never done sales. Sales is something that you're born with. What would you say to somebody like that? Uh, sales is a skill set. Right. And uh, anybody can, earn, can learn that skill set. Mm -hmm. Anybody mm -hmm. can learn that skill set. Being a professional sales is a skill set. I, I think more peop if more people understood that, they would get into sales with the right mentality instead of just going into sales blindly and, uh, you know, getting hit in the face, you know, and, yes. and then quitting like right. most people do. Mm -hmm. If more uh, sales leaders, sales managers, call it whatever you want, understood that as well, they'd, they'd equip their people with the sales mentality they need, you know, asking quality questions, understanding that sales is learning somebody's needs and then meeting those needs with your product or service. Right. And something so basic as that, um, people, people pass on. So, you know, salespeople get this raunchy kind of... Uh, uh, you know, nuance to them, right? Yeah. Uh, because they believe they should be pushy. That's an inexperienced salesperson. Right. You know, inexperienced salespeople push and, and talk too much and they sell these things and they try to sell something that the person doesn't even want. Right. Uh, or doesn't need, doesn't fit them their need. And uh, when you're in professional sales, you just you just learn not to do that. Yes. Instead of being pushy, you become pulley, right? By asking quality questions. Mm-hmm. And so it's a skill set. You can teach anybody to do that in, you know, if they, if they care enough. Right? Yes. Because you have to learn to care and, you have to learn to get people to see the big vision of the crusade if what you're doing is right. And I believe in many crusades. I don't ever believe in downing people for what they're doing. There's mm -hmm. different crusades, you know, but you've mm -hmm. got to believe in what you're, what you're really doing. Yep. No, that makes, that makes complete sense. And I think that's a very important message for, to get across that a lot of people think, oh, you're born a salesperson. No, you're not. I know that I wasn't a salesperson by any means. I got into sales at 18 out of the, I couldn't get a job, but somebody hired me to do, you know, door to door sales. They said, we'll pay you because I didn't have a social security number at 18. Mm. So I couldn't legally get a job. Where but are from? Mexico. Oh, you're Mexican. I was born in Mexico. Mm. And so what happens is that they say, you could come, you know, sell door to door and, you know, we'll show you how to do it. And I said, well, shit, let's do it. And I started selling door to door, yeah. got, you know, got my teeth kicked in, so to speak. <laughs> right. I, I experienced racism. There was certain places we would knock and I realized, shit, there are racist people here in California. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I also met a lot of really cool people and it helped build that callus. Yeah. And so, yes, in the beginning, it's, it, but it's a skill that's, it's one of the highest paid skills in the world. It and is a highest paid skill. It is a highest yeah. paid skill in the world. And anybody can develop it. And that's what a lot of people don't understand. And you could write, you're, you know, the, the rubber doesn't meet the road until a sale is made. Sure. All of the people that have employees, you know, if you look at most companies and you touched on this, they wouldn't have a job if it wasn't for somebody making the sale that's correct so it's like i take full ownership of being a sales professional yep oh, i, I love I, being in sales yeah and i love that it has a bad connotation to it but you know we're gonna we're gonna keep doing our things so right. people until people understand that you know sales is a real profession that's right so when you got into the life insurance sales it was tough in the beginning super how many years were you doing the life insurance sales and how did you end up doing with that company um, I ended up doing okay. I mean, I became a, a vice president, which is a contract that they have, you know, so you can branch out and get your own office. I did okay. Um, you know, I could have done a lot better, but uh, there was a couple different, you know, just a lot of things to learn, you know. Mm -hmm. and, uh, I started in one office, had some personal issues because of the people that recruited me in there. They, were, they used to work for me before. And so some conflict there, and I just decided to move after a year and a half, two years. So I kind of restarted another office, and wow. and uh, you know, since we're going to touch on mentorship, you know, I, I started with a mentor there. You know, not a perfect mentor, doesn't exist anyway, right? Yeah. But um, but this guy had some serious serious issues, and and so it stunted my growth a little bit at the at the beginning. But um, you know, I did okay. You know, I did okay. Yeah, sure, sure. I, I um, you know. With all the facts, 
uh, out there and then how difficult it is. You know, nobody wants to talk about life insurance, man. Right, you, right. You, you can talk about anything, but don't talk about life insurance <laughs> at the bar family barbecue. Right, right. <laughs> nobody wants to talk about that, man. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, so, yeah, but I did okay. I, I, well, I think you're being modest by saying you did okay, but that's cool. I, I kind of expect that. Yeah. Tell me about the inspiration for your unique business model and tell me, for the people that don't know, I, I, I'm familiar, you have now a real estate company, Correct. but you guys do things a lot different and you guys do things in a way that I not only like a lot, but I respect what you're doing because your business model shows people how to have a light at the end of the tunnel, right? Because uh, I love, I used to be a real estate agent. I love the real estate industry. I think it's great selling the American dream and all that stuff, but- there's a saying about realtors, they don't ever retire, they just die one day, mm -hmm. right? They're just selling real estate, selling real estate, and they can make great money, but the retirement aspect, the, the, the passive income, right, the, the, or that retirement income doesn't really exist unless they're smart with their money and they start buying investment properties and whatnot, but you have a built-in model with your company that's very unique, and when I say unique, I say that in a very positive way, so tell me about the inspiration for that and how your business model works. So... I'm sure that your listeners are the kind of listeners that know who Robert Kiyosaki is, right? Absolutely. I'm assuming. Yes. But how many of, how many more times do we need to see the cash flow quadrant before we understand the quadrants, right? Mm -hmm. Employees have no control of their time. Self-employed people are um, limited to their time because they constant the, the the business depends on them, and yes. that's where people get caught between um, you know being self-employed and building a business that actually works for them instead of them working for their business mm -hmm. you know self-employed people are confused all the time if they have to be there you know I think between Robert Kiyosaki and uh, the cash flow quadrant and uh, Michael Gerber and the e-myth we should really by now understand that there's only one way to do this and it's to systemize things right and I believe that if you know when you build systems they relieve systemic issues from any industry hmm. systems relieve systemic issues from any industry and the systemic issues in real estate are the way that they do business um, the short-lived life of a realtor yep. the fact that they're a dime a dozen um, the fact that there's no systematic way you know I, I saw real estate from an outside point of view right I'm a new guy and people criticize me like you don't know shit about real estate right. are you gonna get into real estate I'm a businessman that's right and the truth is that I saw from the outside same brand company one is one mile here the only is one mile down the, down the street and same brand name and they don't do things the same way right it's the only franchise business that I've seen that doesn't operate like franchise that's true and it's hilarious to me yeah because that's their own fault and their own systemic issue that they've built into their companies. Yep. And uh, I mean, not to say my company's perfect or that we have perfect people, but it, it's a systematic way to do business and to alleviate some of the things uh, and the errors. The, um, the second thing is to build leverage, right? To allow somebody in sales to get into, to build a business system where they can now have the same leverage a broker does right. um, without having to be a broker. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, and be able to expand and, and keep doing the same thing. I mean, we haven't invented anything. As a matter of fact, I think what we've done is taken it back to what leverage means, to what being owning a business means versus just being self-employed. Right. Yeah, because you guys have a model where somebody could get started with your company, and it's an equal opportunity opportunity for everybody, right? 100%. Everybody starts the same. Yeah. They start a certain commission, but then they could start making sales, they, if they want to build a team, they could build a team. That's Eventually, right. they could get promoted and have an office and override the team as well. That's correct. And, so, and that's beautiful because I know real estate agents, and, and listen, they're happy selling real estate, and they've been doing it for a long time. Hey, kudos for them, right? Like sure. my, my solar business model, it has a similar model. Everybody makes the same. They could choose to build a team if they want to. They don't have to. But if they do, they could override that team. So guess what happens? They could go out there on vacation to Hawaii with their family and get paid that override income, which is something that traditional sales don't offer. It's That's just correct. It's transactional. That's correct. COVID, another thing it taught us is, what if, like for example, December of last year, 2020, I got COVID. My life wasn't in danger. Thank God. I, I, I'm, a, I'm a pretty healthy guy. But I was out for two weeks nonetheless. Sure. I made money during those two weeks because of that passive income because my whole team wasn't sick. They were working. I was make, getting paid. 
And so I think right now entrepreneurship and leverage income is such a key thing because sometimes I've seen people, they got COVID, they're out for a month. I mean, a lot of people, they got laid off like, hey, man, boom, you're, you're done. Yeah, and that's the thing. I mean, it's always been a good thing. Of course. Because you're talking about something on a macro scale, but on a micro scale, shit is going on daily. People yes. get sick. People die. People right. get into car accidents. So on a macro scale, you know, what if a pandemic happens? But on a micro scale, shit, what if you, what if you get laid off? I right. Mean, just the simple stuff. Protect yes. yourself. You know, and, you know, we hear in sales, we have all these cheesy lines, right? I'm 46, and now you meme it all. But yeah. before memes, you just said things, right? You right. say things like... You know, everybody carries a spare tire, but you don't have anything extra on the side in case you lose your job. Right. And for me, creating a part-time real estate opportunity was key because people think you can't do real estate part-time. Well, the way that other companies have built their organizations, they don't have a support built in so people can do it part-time. But when you start with the part-time idea and you build a support team and a support system that somebody part-time can do it in, it's built for that. Right. You know, I have people getting their $50,000 watch, which is we give to them. It's a, it's a nice Movado custom-made watch uh, when they cross over 50000 in six months. Nice. Part-time. I have part-timers getting their watch right That's now. That's awesome. And uh, you can do that. You know, you yep. really can if you set the system up right, which, we, which I believe we have. No, I, I see. And I know, I know a lot of the, the people that work for your company. And, and it's impressive because when I went to the meeting, I saw some of the testimonials. And, and, you know, there was like a single mom that goes up on stage and she mentions that she had a traditional job. And now she, you know, that particular month, she made like, I don't know, some crazy $25,000, $30,000 part time. And she had never done sales before. And part of the thing is, too, the systems for leadership development that you have in place. Yeah. You know, I come from the network marketing background, so there's a lot of similarities the way that you do things. Because there's good things and bad things about every business model. Sure. One of the good things about network marketing, and, and I'm not saying that your company's network marketing, but I'm saying some of the similarities, is that you have a built-in people development system. Their confidence, their sales skills, their entrepreneurship skills, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So they could plug into their system if they want to build a team, they could plug them into the system and eventually they do this long enough, they get good enough, eventually they could override an office and everybody in their uh, organization has the same opportunity that they do. That's correct. That's a beautiful thing, yeah. right? So for example, if I was a real estate broker and I got a guy on my team, he doesn't have the same opportunity override that he'll never make what I make on a deal, right? Same thing, that's why I do what I do. In my solar company, everybody gets paid the same. Everybody has the same comp plan. I tell people all the time, there's no picture at the corporate office that says do not of you that says do not pay this person. Right. If you do the work, you're gonna get paid. If that's you build correct. a team, you're gonna get paid. That's if you correct. do the requirements, in your case, they're gonna get their office. And so that's one of the things that I like it. Was it purpose for you? Was it done on purpose for you? Because I noticed that you attract a lot of people that are new to the industry. Was that done on purpose, bro? Um yeah. <laughs> I don't I don't necessarily like to bring on board realtors. And no offense, uh, right. but if you take offense, then that's personal. Mm -hmm. I'm mm -hmm. sorry you feel that way. But I don't, I don't take realtors because they've already adopted these bad philosophies, right? They, they only think about their commission rate versus the value that they're getting instead of that commission rate. Yes. You know, so you live by the sword, you die by the sword. You mm -hmm. know, as brokers offer more and more commission to them, they go, well, I pay you 90%, I'm going to pay you 100%. But they give them no value. And they, right. what they don't understand is that, you know... Uh, if you're getting 100% of nothing, that's nothing. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, I believe that what you have to offer people is value. You have to offer them some support and the, the leadership. Uh, I have a concept called building people first, you know, and the building people first concept is, you know, coming up in sales, right, first at, at Coca-Cola, at the engineering side, and, uh, and then in the insurance business, I found that most people love to have great clients, but they piss on their salespeople. Right. And you can't do that. Mm. And I believe that if you treat your salespeople like kings and queens, and if you raise them up, they'll find the great clients. Yes. And you'll have the army. They'll build the, the business. So my concept of building people first, I, I saw it happen in manufacturing. I did it myself as we extended distributorship across the U.S. Um, it had great results. I experienced it in the insurance business. And, you know, when I say that I did okay, I did okay. But it taught me so much about how to encourage people, how to train people, how to really manage a team and get, 
you know, and I believe in our kind of businesses where you're where recruiting is the model, um, whether you call it network marketing or not, um, is that you don't need anybody, any certain person. You don't need superstars. You need a collective group of people going in the same direction. Mm-hmm. And that's a skill, you know, to be able to get somebody, cast the vision and get them to see the vision. I tell them all the time, you know, when we're in a group meeting, I say, all right, everybody say, do it with me. And so everybody says, do it with me, because that's what your, what your, what your big skill is, that's to right. get other people to do it with you. Yep. So there is a big difference in what we do versus other people. Real estate agents, you know, they, they live for that big commission check, and they don't understand that if they put enough people in the game, then eventually, Rockefeller said it, you know? Yeah. Would you like to make, he'd like to make uh, 1% out of 100 men's income versus 100% of his own. That's right. And uh, that's leverage. That's know? leverage. One of my favorite words, man, leverage. Like, I wouldn't do anything that doesn't have leverage income as far as money making activities. Sure. It has to have leverage income. Sure. If not, doesn't make sense. You sure. know, I, agree. I have a credit repair company. We get affiliates, right? A bunch of affiliates. That's leverage income. You know sure. what I mean? A solar business, same thing. You do the same thing. You offer your people the same thing. That's sure. the thing. I, I, I'm very attracted. I've always been attracted to the model where, let's say, for example, Jay brought me on board to the company. Mm. But I could still make more money than Jay. Sure. Even though he brought me and he came 100%. first. And that's the opportunity you offer. That's the opportunity I offer, yeah. right? So, like, for example, just this morning, Jay heard me, uh, you know, uh, chatting with some guys from a traditional dealer. And, you know, they're, they're a little intimidated, not a little, a lot intimidated by our business model. I say, here's the thing. I don't lose sleep thinking about your company. Your people are never going to make what you make. Everybody that I bring on board, they make what I make day one. Mm-hmm. They can make more money than mm-hmm. I. Their override income could get bigger. Mm-hmm. Their personal checks could mm-hmm. get bigger. Their stock options could get bigger. Mm-hmm. And so we have an equal opportunity. Opportunity, And I respect that because it isn't a good old boys club. Like somebody can't go join your company and say, hey, Jerry, we went to high school together. Oh, bro. And because of that, bro, yeah. I, I start at the top, right? No, you start just like everybody else. And see, I respect that. Yeah. The politics aren't there. Yeah, and I've seen that so much. I know. And... and you know, when people don't understand corporate America, they don't appreciate our type of business. Right. I tell people all the time, you know, if you think you have a good job, then you just haven't gotten your ass kicked enough to understand what I'm offering. Yes. Um, and yeah, politics, the good old boy, you know, good old boy club. And, you know, it's just I don't golf as it is. I mean, you know, I'm not yeah. in that club. You're a golfer. No, no, no. No, you're not a golfer. All right. I plan on doing it one day, but just <laughs> haven't gotten around to it. Yeah, I don't have the luxury of that kind of time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, man, I don't. I just, yeah, I, I tell people all the time, you know, you, what company are you going to go at where you can make more money than the CEO? I'm telling you that now. That's true. Now you have to outwork me, which I don't know if you're going to do that. Right, right. But you can, you know, yes. because I'm still very active, actively working and recruiting and, and building, and we're expanding offices around, right now into different states as we speak. Wow, so, nice. Yeah. That's awesome, bro. That's awesome. What advice would you give a struggling salesperson or a struggling realtor, somebody in your particular industry? They're not making enough sales. What advice would you give that person? Uh, you know, I think it's, a, it's kind of a one-two punch. You know, you have to master your craft. Mm-hmm. Again, you can't ignore that sales is a craft. You yes. have to master it. You can't just make the same phone calls the same way you know I, I i tell people i'm a nerd about the business i'm a nerd about my business i've always you know stood in front of a mirror and kind of le- seen myself and looked at myself and heard myself speak and said right. man i need more enthusiasm in this yes i uh, heard my tonality and said damn did i sound that bad like you know just becoming a real real crafty about that and uh but the second thing is not to ignore your mindset because i believe your mindset over skill set right uh mindset wins 100 percent of the time master your craft but understand that if you don't have the right mindset to back it up it doesn't matter what you know that's right and uh, the only thing that's going to wake you up in the mornings and keep you going is the kind of mindset that you have um so you know focus on that mindset focus on on having the right routine morning routines are everything to me mm. we do something called the four pillars in our company where everyone you know family faith family fitness and finance where you do those things as you when you wake up because if you master your day uh, if you master your morning you'll master your day nice if you master that day you'll master your weeks and your months and so on i love that yeah yeah yeah. it's true you know tell me about your morning routine what is a typical morning routine for you ah it's it's complicated no (laughs) it uh warm water with lemon uh, my supplements and immediately into prayer man for me going into prayer being in silence getting into gratitude is everything 
Um, you know, if you ever hashtag the Grateful Company, that's our company. Nice. We do this gratitude session every Saturday when we're together. And, uh, you know, I've dreamt of the day when thousands of offices across the country are doing a grateful session on a Saturday morning. I believe gratitude opens the door for every positive thing in your life. Mm. Uh, and it breaks every negative uh, aspect that you could be going through. You yes. try to be angry and grateful at the same time. You yes, know, trust you can't. can't. Nope. So gratitude is everything for me. And then... Um, Obviously, doing something for your faith pillar, your family pillar, uh, doing something where you're intentional about your expressing love to somebody you care for, you know, in your family. Yes. Um, I think love reciprocates, you know, so the minute you show someone love where you haven't talked to them in a while or, or you're not, it's not normal, but you start begin to do right. it, they'll do it back. And uh, fitness is important. You know, I'm 46. I'm not in the best shape of my life, but man, I, I, I challenge anybody to, to a good run or anything yeah, at my yeah. age. Um, you've got to take care of that. Yes. Because, you know, you can't, you know, the mind is, is powerful, but if the body drags it down, you, you have to focus on it. And not, not talking about anything major, just a 15-minute run, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah, Just to wash the brain out with some endorphins. Yes. Um, and then uh, finance. You know, people talk about, complain about money 90% of their life, and they don't master it ever. Right. You know, and, and it doesn't take a lot to master it. You know, we, we have YouTube. You know, when I when I was younger, you know, if you wanted the knowledge, you had to go out and get the book and, you know, find the magazine or whatever it was. And today, it, it's at your fingertips. You know, you That's can, right. you know, personal finance is 101. Learn something today about taxes or learn something today about investments. Learn something today about buying a home, what a down payment is and why. Like, yeah, so simple, you know. But for me, those four pillars are everything in the morning. Uh, again, taking supplements is, is key. Yes. Drinking the right kind of water for me is yep. super key. Like um, I drink only alkaline water, man. Yeah. Yeah, same. Yeah. Uh, you know, when it comes to taking care of yourself, health is wealth, right? Yeah. And so uh, one of the things people ask me all the time, JC, because I work hard and they know I go bell to bell, right? Like sometimes I wake up at, yesterday, I, I couldn't sleep. It was 3.30 in the morning. I couldn't sleep. I'm like, well, shit, if I can't get, get any sleep and I'm going to just be up, I'm going to be productive, so let's hit the gym. So by 4.15, 4.30, I was at the gym. Sure. And uh, now, don't get me wrong. I don't hit the gym at that time every time. Correct. Definitely not. But four or five days a week, I go to the gym, 6, 7 a.m. But going to the gym, alkaline water, chiropractor. I'm a big fan. of. I think everybody needs a chiropractor because, mm. you know, it's people that suffer migraines, when you get educated by a good chiropractor and you realize, holy crap, everybody needs chiropractic work, right? And then, of course, the right supplements. And that's the kind of stuff that I heard a long time ago, and it hit me like a ton of bricks. I heard this in my 30s. It says, young people will sacrifice their health for money. Then when they get older, they, they give up the money for health. I say, shit, I don't want to be that guy. Right. I'm going to take care of business. Right. And, and I, I could go 10, 12 hours hard sure. per day. Yeah. And I wake up the next day with great energy. Sure. Why? Because I do these other things that you're mentioning, right? The drinking sure. the right water and plenty of water. Not only the right water, but also plenty of water. The working out, the supplements and all that stuff. And, and, and I just, I, I see a lot of people, they're very, it's hard to have that balance, right? I see a lot of people, they're very busy, they're very driven, but they're letting their health go big time. That's correct. And the thing is, man, that people bury themselves with their teeth. Mm -hmm. right meaning the shit that they eat correct then before you know when they're in their 50s and 60s man they're popping all these pills which i'm not a fan of anything like that bro oh, like no. i don't take no traditional medicine no. that i'm so against that and, and without getting too controversial anyways i'll leave that topic because you know <laughs> we and i know that you feel the same way about a lot of things that yeah. i feel but yes th those are the things that you know I'm 38 years old now. I plan on hitting my prime in my 40s. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. and it could absolutely be done. And I see it. Sometimes you see these guys that are in their 60s and they're freaking jacked and stuff, and yeah. you know, great health and yeah, yeah. energy. Yeah. It's like I want to be that guy, right? 100%. But and it's it's about getting the right information. Maybe somebody listens to this here, listens to you saying this. They say, "Hey, man, I'm going to get my act together on this particular area." Yeah. And then and then what happens is that disciplines lead to a flock of their relatives, just like. Errors in judgment. Errors in judgment lead to a flock of their relatives as well. You know, we know the saying, how you do anything is how you do everything. That's correct. And so, but yeah, that's one of the things that is uh, key. So, Jerry, you're a super interesting dude for a lot of reasons. And one of the reasons that we were talking about before the podcast started was, and you said, hey, man, if, if you're cool with talking about that, bro. And I told you, bro, I'm super cool with talking about it because it's one of my favorite subjects that needs to be known. 
We live in a crazy-ass world right now. Crazy. Crazy times we're in, man. In my opinion, bro, we are, it looks more so than ever before, like we're on the way to like socialism. They're offering people all kinds of free shit. And think about it, man. Offering people a bunch of free shit is a very easy sell. Most people are like, yeah, you want to give me some free shit? Give me some free shit. Yeah, because they don't know the exchange. Nothing is free. Right. You know, Ralph Waldo Emerson said that. There's always an exchange for something. So the word free doesn't exist. Right. There's an exchange for energy. There's an exchange for your dignity. Right. There's an exchange for something. For freedom. There. For freedom. Yeah. You've had a lot of mentors. Mm -hmm. Very, I don't want to, I, I don't know if I should use a term that you use. I'll let you use it if you want. But very, people that know more than the common folk like myself. Where do you see us going as a society, bro, with, you know, the way things are going, politics, the stuff that they're pushing and all that stuff? You know, like I said, it looks to me like, and you said something about somebody from Australia. If you could touch on that story and that, that little subject there, how the Australian guy said about America. Yeah. Um, you know, to say, to say that this is where we're going is always so, uh, it's full of jeopardy because... We could be going in a certain direction, but we as people have choices, mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. and I believe that, um, especially the people of the United States, we have a great spirit, you know, and, I, and obviously I'm, I'm new here. My family's new here. I'm first generation here. Yeah. But my mother and father were from El Salvador, are from El Salvador. And uh, they said, hey, son, in those countries, you don't have opportunity. Love this country. Love on your, your country because this is your country. And it's full of opportunity for people like us to come here and do something great. So I, they raised a patriot, you yeah. know. And so I believe in the spirit, the spirit of the people, the spirit of society, the spirit of mankind. Um, so to say that we're going in a certain direction, we can change it at any time. It's just a matter of decision. It's a yeah. matter of awareness. It's a matter of making a decision as a people, right? But uh, I was watching this, this interview, this guy from, uh, these people from Australia are having a tough... Again, we're not getting too much into it, you know, if we, the people that are not watching the news that are being fed bias, you know, right. information, if you just unplug from that, you'll feel healthier, you'll understand True. that there's no fear, uh, there's no propaganda for all the great things going on right now. There's right. some great things going on. On a micro scale, there was healthy babies being born, there was people that made their first six figures, there was people today that got married. I mean, there's so many good things going on, but when you focus on the bad, then that becomes your, your focal point. Yes. But, um, you know, I was watching this interview and the, these people from Brazil, Australia, these countries that have already gotten overrun, which we don't hear about, Venezuela, what's going on out there. And again, when I was in the hood and I was a kid, I, I would un believe that on the macro scale, these things didn't affect me. And I think that's what's happening now. Yes. That those things that are on a macro scale are beginning to come into play on the micro scale into the U.S. So now it really truly matters. What we say matters. What we do matters. Our yeses, our noes matter. And this guy was saying, you know, he was interviewing and he said, well, you know, they've taken your gold. They've taken your guns. They've diminished your, your currency. What would you say to the people of the U.S.? And he said, you know, I would tell them not to forget that they're the leaders of the free world. Wow. And uh, that struck me so hard because, you know, most people go around hearing things like that and they don't ever take the responsibility for that. I do. Yes. And I'm an American. I'm a patriot. I have a choice. I have a decision. I'm in a, I, I have, God has blessed me with a platform to, like yourself, you know, to have this platform to let people know that we need to wake up. This isn't some conspiracy theory. Right. You know, there's two parties going at war at all times. And uh, one of them wants complete dominion of the people and the other one says free the people. Yep. And I mean, this is biblical, yep. you know? So, um, I mean, it's it, from way back, you know? Yeah. And, uh, you know, this this crazy book that's been around for 2,000 years, right? Exactly. Don't read. But, um, with that being said, you know, we are the leaders of the free world and we have choices to make. You know, entrepreneurship is what's going to keep this country alive. It's, it's uh, the leadership, the, the fight for our freedoms, you know, not to lay down, not to exchange free for freedom. That's right. And, uh, you know, we need to stay strong. And I think that, that if enough of us keep waking up and waking up others, um, you know, I think we, we'll, we'll, we'll see this thing through. Yeah, I man. believe that the, the spirit of the people is too strong. And I'm one of those people that, you know, I'll bleed on my flag to keep it red. So That's awesome, man. Yeah. Well, listen, from, from your mouth to God's ears, man, because what is happening is biblical without getting into, you know, that stuff. Yeah. I'm a God-fearing man. I believe in the Bible. And um, But anyways, 
One of the things that I see, have you ever seen a documentary called Agenda 2, Masters of Deceit? It's on Amazon Prime. I have not. So basically in this, in this uh, documentary. I try not to watch any of those things because they're still biased. And so well, I'm, you know I'm what? Very like, they are though, but, but it's good to see both sides. Sure. But one of the things that, that was an eye-opener there and that I verified later, there is a lot of socialists that have many years ago infiltrated the school system. Sure. That's why, that's why you see a lot of these guys and girls that are graduating. They, they come out of university, first of all, with a bunch of debt. And, a de- and in most cases, a degree that they're not going to be able to use. So now they got $200,000 in debt. Well, and you know, we, we, have, we have to understand what socialism is. Socialism is a defense mechanism for the wealthy to stay wealthy. Right. So, I mean, the Rockefellers, I've, you know, I named my son Avery because after the last Rockefeller, Avery Rockefeller. But um, I admire that family for what they did and what they became. But at some point now, they, they, they had these ideals of... You know, they're the ones that solidified the school system, right? right? And at that time, it was necessary for people to be trained a certain way through the school system to, to make better employees. Yes. And that time deemed for that. Right. But it wasn't supposed to be for the masses. It was supposed to be for a certain kind of people. And then everybody just adopted it and forgot about entrepreneurship. Right. You know, 100 years ago, this country was filled with 90% business owners and 10% employees. And that has switched completely. Yes. So, um, you know, I do believe that that socialism is it has always been around. It's Correct. just been through different constructs and different defense mechanisms for wealthy to stay wealthy and in power. And you know, I'm not I'm not for or against people making their money, but I am against anything that keeps other people down. Yep. You know, because one of the things that happens is that you know people graduate right. I'm not, I'm not, and I'll, I'll be blunt about it. I'm personally, if my sons want to go to a university, I would say go to a university to make the contacts, to meet people, to, to learn some stuff, but don't go to learn to be wealthy and know that the day and age that we live in, that degree, you're probably not going to use it. So you're going to get in a bunch of debt for a degree that's not going to really help you make any money 90% of the time or more. Go be a manager at Starbucks. Right? Go be a manager at Starbucks. There's people with, with master's degrees that are managers sure. at Starbucks, bro. You could have been a manager at Starbucks working your way up and stuff and not getting all that done. You could have done it faster. Right. So I'm not a fan of that. But not only that, here's what happens. When they graduate, you know what they think? They think that capitalism is bad. Correct. Ain't that the most outrageous thing you've ever heard? So what is the alternative if capitalism is bad? If, if common folks like myself, like you, can... Bust our ass, you know, gather some money, take the risk, fail, 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 but eventually employ other people because we succeeded. And, and you watching this or listening to this has the same opportunity. So if they take that away, then what does that mean? I, and I, this is a genuine question that I'm asking you. If we go in the direction that a certain political party is pushing, especially, what is the alternative? That government creates all the opportunities for people? And are those opportunities better than what we can create for ourselves? Well, then the word opportunity would cease to exist. It would be government dealing directly from the masses and gaining from the masses. Isn't that what's happening in Venezuela? In all those countries we talked about. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Exactly. And this is you know part of all the big machine. That's what Amazon is. Amazon is a great retailer for government now. And, yep. and uh, eventually, I think it's what you know Elon Musk's company is going to be, the provider of all cars for all people. And in a very general wow. sense, it just becomes this... You know, very controlled um, society. I, again, I just I have too much hope in people that that uh, we're going to allow that to happen to go that far. But yeah, I think that yeah, that's it's that's the fight, man. That's yes, the fight. and I, you know, you're a fighter. Yep. You know, you, you can't go into a fight not expecting a fight. It that's just right. is a fight. You know, when when we wake up in the morning, I think it's one of the greatest things that as entrepreneurs we have to know. You have to wake up understanding that you're in a fight. You know, if you've got to wake up in the morning understanding it's a fight against your economy, against your health, against your mindset, and you have to wake up ready for that fight. So, you know, let's bring it, you know. Yep. You know, socialism is trying to come in. Entrepreneurship is fighting back. And I yep. think, you know, make the best the best man win. Mm-hmm. And that's precisely why I bring up this topic. A lot of people are afraid to bring up this topic because a lot of people don't have that fighter spirit. Yeah. I have that fighter spirit, man. Yeah. If I lose listeners because of it, hey, so be it. But what if we wake one person up 100%. that wakes up 100 people? 100%. And so that's why I think these subjects need to be talked about because and entrepreneurship solves a lot of these problems, man. Sure. Entrepreneurship and these oppor- we live in a country where 
you can go out there and start that business and, and have your own leadership and your own systems in place and learn and apply and whatnot. And that's a beautiful thing. And, and I, I'm at a point where I think I've got a seven-year-old and a, and a three-week-old. They're not going to have the same America. Yeah, congratulations. Thank you, you man. Thank you. Appreciate it, man. And I said, they're not going to have the same America that we've got right now, the way things are going, man. And, and, but the thing is, indoctrination is a very real thing, bro. That's correct. People are getting indoctrinated. And then, you know, there's people, you know, from China, for example. But, but believe it or not, I think it's a good thing, man, because yeah. that we're waking up to this. And, right. You know, I think for too long, you know, we've given schools that responsibility. We've given churches that responsibility. That responsibility falls on us parents, man. Yes, yeah, true. And, you know, I've, I'm not going to say I'm a perfect parent. My kids watch this. They're going to say I'm not a perfect parent. But, man, I've worked so hard on becoming a better parent all the time. Yes. Year upon year, I'm graduating to a new parenthood. Right. Even in sales and in business, man, as a man, you know, I've made so many mistakes in my life, bro, both mm -hmm. on business and personal. And, sure. And every year I'm getting better. And every year I'm learning from my own mistakes. Uh, but yeah, I think it's about time that that responsibility falls back on us. We've allowed the news, the, the, the movie stars, the, the rock stars to indoctrinate our children. That's right. We've been too uh, laid back about it. Well, I'm, I'm no longer laid back about it. I have serious conversations with my kids. We have mm -hmm. serious family meetings and we talk about what's real and what's not real. That's right. So it's time to take that back. You know, yep. we, we, we went into an era when I think people allowed that. You know, I'm one of those latchkey kids. You know, so my mother didn't know any better, but I was being raised by TV. Right. I was being raised by what I saw. And, uh, you know, it, it's it's time for us to wake up from that. That's and, right. And, and cool. Now we know that people are being indoctrinated. You know, there's no lack of information, just in misinformation now. An outpour of misinformation. Yep, yep. So it's our responsibility for this next generation, you know, guys like us, to, to be awake and to, to wake them up. I agree, man. And I take that very, very serious. You know what I mean? Like uh, Maximus, my son, he's seven. He, he's able to, he watches about an hour a day of TV. But other than that, it's play with your toys, your imagination. You got jujitsu. And some people come to my house and they're so surprised how they see him. He'll play for hours, bro, with his toys, 100%. with his Legos and put them together and whatnot. Play outside with his bike. That's, that's what I did, man. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And then I talk to him about these things, about what's real and what's not. Right. And so... Um, because you, you know it's funny just on yeah. a side note I catch myself now being the, the old guy like I always start saying <laughs> that, like, yeah that's how I play with my toys you know I, I sound like the old guy right, right. but it's so crazy to have such a different era today and, yes. and being you know in my 46 years of age trans going from playing with toys and Legos and, and, and stuff like that to you know, now you can't keep, people can't keep a baby quiet at a, at a table at a restaurant if they're not watching this phone. Yes, and that's not us. amazing right? to see that, you know, because none of my kids were raised that way. No, nope. my I son doesn't know. have an iPad, proudly. He, he, you know, he plays video games every three days for an hour, and he knows. And, and let's say I say, hey, man, we're going to make an exception today and plays. No, it hasn't been three days. Too much TV is bad. I don't want to play games. And he loves them. Mm -hmm. When he plays them, he enjoys it. Sure. But to me, it's like an iPad is not going to raise my kid. We're going to go outside. We're going to play. You're going to fall, scrape your knee from time to time. And then you're going to get up and I'm going to say, hey, here's why that's good. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that, man. And you're, you're going to get dirty. You're going to get your hands dirty. And we're going to train in the garage. Yeah, yeah. You might get bit by some mosquitoes, right? You know what I mean? And, and it's cool. Let's go out there. Because, you know, people very often talk about leaving a better planet for our kids, which I completely agree. But how about leaving better kids for the planet, too? 100%. Right. So that's my philosophy is like 100%. that. That's also why I'm in the renewable energy industry. I believe in global warming and I believe in a lot of these things that are happening. And so. So, yes. OK, let's leave a better planet. But also, how about we put leaders in place with confidence that treat others well? That's you right. talk about I follow your podcast, man. You have a podcast. And, and so I love the platinum rule, bro. Tell me about the platinum rule. The platinum rule. That's funny. You know, all of us are, I heard about the golden rule. I, I, I'm, I'm Hispanic, bro. Nobody yeah. talked about the golden rule. At right. Um, so as I went into corporate America, you know, they started giving me their philosophies. And one of them was, you know, the golden rule, man. you got to treat others the way you want to be treated. And, uh, you know, as I did that, you know, I have a certain sense of humor. I'm kind of weird with my sense of humor. I have yeah, a, yeah. a very direct way of saying things. Yes. And, uh, you know, as I treated others the way I would want to be treated, I realized that not everybody thought like me. So I think it's a whole falsehood, you know? So right. I started moving things onto the platinum rule. The platinum rule is treat others the way they want to be treated because nice. people come from a different background. They come right. from a different understanding and different biases. So 
I think that you can make better relationships. You can learn a lot more about people and, and give them that trust if you treat them the way they want to be treated. And Makes it takes sense. a little more time to understand them and learn that. But I think it's the only way to go, man. Treating, treating others the way you want to be treated can leave you with less friends. <laughs> you know what? That's true, though. Because yeah. I'm the kind of guy that I like be straight up with me, tough love type of deal. Sure. But not everybody is like that. So if I treat people the way that I want to be treated, I'm going to turn them off, turn 100%. them away, right? So it's 100%. like, you know, being a, in leadership is about being a chameleon, right? You got some guys that are going to get motivated uh, by goals and being direct. That's the type of person I am. Seems to be the type of person you are. But other people, you know, you got to have more compassion for them. And you could get the same message across, but it's the platinum rule. And I, when I heard you on that podcast saying that, I was like, I love that. The yeah. platinum rule. I never heard that before. And it's, yeah. it's real cool. The you, you just don't know what season you're catching people in. So right. You have to be empathetic to that. That's right. Not sympathetic, but empathetic. Empathetic. Yeah. How important, bro, is having the right mentor for success? I think it's super key, man. Um, I'm sure you heard that on one of my podcasts as well. But I, I one of my old mentors um, used to used to speak Italian, so he used to go around saying Italian phrases all the time. He used to say "tutto bisogno di un consigliere." And I used to say, what does that mean, man? What does that mean? Everybody needs of counsel. Hmm. And uh, I believe that mentorship is super important. Now, um, you know, I know that some people, uh, like I considered Jim Rohn a mentor for a long time. Right. You know, I love Jim Rohn. I think, you know, himself saying that he mastered the obvious was so funny to me the first time I heard it. Yes. And when I tell people that, I go, he said he mastered the obvious. Yes, and yes, then people, yes. when the people don't laugh about it, I go, you don't get it, yeah, man. Yeah, You're yeah, going to yeah. get it later, though. Right, right, right. And uh, he mastered the obvious. And for me, I felt like he was a mentor. Um, I got to see him live while he, before he passed. Oh, wow, um, nice. Which is amazing, an amazing experience. Uh, but true mentorship comes from someone that understands you. And I believe that you, you can have some mentors from afar, but you've got to have some mentor that's up close and personal to you. Yes. They have to be involved in your business and your business only. Because, you know, today we're in the era of the, the, these podcasts, which I don't mind. Again, I told you earlier, this is the first of its kind of, I've ever done in my life because right. I respect you. and Thank I, you, man. And, uh, you know, I love what you said that, you know, something could impact somebody and I'm all for that. Yep. Um, but I've never spoken outside this because I don't believe in the weekend seminars. I don't believe in, in a lot of things that, that people, these gurus, so, you know, so-called gurus do um, because it's temporary. Mm -hmm. Everyone has uh, a specific need in their business. And I tell people all the time, listen to somebody that's in your business. Listen, because it's a very specific recipe, yes. you know, and so... There's nuances in every single you know person. Your your solar business. I could go and do a talk, but the truth is, I'm not going to talk about the nuances that your guys have. Our guys don't do any door knocking. Your, your guys do a little bit. Okay, so. mm -hmm. uh, we're all warm market, so yes. the small nuances make a huge difference. And to go around listening to all the gurus that where their business doesn't truly apply for your daily daily business, it's kind of a falsehood. And uh, secondly. You know, in leadership, true leadership builds trust, you know, and you don't have to have a perfect mentor, but you have to have a mentor that you trust is going to give you honest advice. Yes. And that takes time to build, you know, not a perfect mentor. I am by far a perfect, I don't even know if I'm a mentor, but I make friends and my guys know that I'm going to give them truthful, honest advice about yes. where they are in their life because I get to know them personally and you can only coach somebody that you know personally, yeah. you know, anything right. else is just, that's why I don't. 10x shit and i don't do any of these fucking whatever yeah. these people do because right, right. because it's not true at the end of the day if i if i have to know who you are and and know where you're at and you know hey you know my wife said this or hey my kids are you know in this position right now in school or my mom and dad and so all those things matter and that's where true growth comes that's where true mentorship comes and helping people transition in those situations because of those are the ones that bring them down Yes. It only takes one situation to start somebody on a downward spiral. You know, they get a flat tire this morning, they were late to work, their wife got mad, they didn't bring home the groceries, right. and it just, you know, and six months down the line, they say, I had a bad 2021. Right. And it's because they allow that. So it's those moments where, uh, you know, mentorship kicks in. It's like, hey, bro, listen to me. Look at the big picture one more time. Why'd you come here? What? Let's look at your goals one more time. Look what you said to me. Right. Like Two weeks ago, you just said this to me. And so... I think, you know, you can have a, listen to a lot of people and, you know, the very general things, but you need a mentor 
tutto bisogno di un consigliere. I love that. I, I love have that. to, man. Very true. I think, uh, I, I mean, I know for a fact mentors in my life, and, and you could have multiple mentors throughout your life. 100%. And you could have mentors that are, that are one-on-one, but you could also have mentors from afar, kind of like sure. you with Jim Rohn, right? Sure. You know, yeah, the most effective ones, as you said, are the ones that know you and that, that have that personal time with you. But also, there's so many things that we could learn from the Jim Rohns of the world. The, you know, these days, there's a bunch of new ones. Like, I'm a big fan of David Goggins. I just got his new book. And so, um, but it's about constantly learning. It's about doing that personal growth. And some of the most successful people, like yourself, they're, they're always growing, man. You're always oh, yeah. growing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's the thing. For business, we have to, Jim Rohn says, Success is something you attract by the person you become. That's correct. Right? And I tell people, listen, if you could have the things that you want to be in the person you are right now, you'd already have them. Mm-hmm. So you don't have them because you're not the person yet. Correct. So why don't we become that person? That's why, see, this podcast for me is I want to give, give, give. But part of it is also selfish because I'm learning every time I interview somebody like you. <laughs> right? I'm just, I, I'm getting better. I'm leveling up. And I see like, like there's already things that you said that I'm like, I'm going to listen to this again and I'm going to take notes because I'm going to apply some of these things to my business, right? Yeah. And then to, to finish off, bro, what is some advice you would, because we also have young listeners, right? Teenagers and whatnot, young sure. adults. What advice would you give to your younger self, whether it's a teenager or your young adult self, that you would have done different now? I don't think I would have done anything different because, again, I'm one of those people that doesn't like to regret anything because they teach you, man. Every, yeah, every mistake teaches you. It sure. teaches you how to get better. You know, you can't, you can't move forward without, without that, with having that void. One thing I do believe that people don't prepare us enough for it is the cost. Um, I think people, school definitely doesn't prepare us for that. Our parents don't prepare us for that. Uh, because they want to, they, they want to coddle us, and they think that telling you nice things is going to make you better. But I think I would definitely tell my my younger self to count the cost. I mean, the cost in it, anything. Um, when you count the emotional cost into relationships, into a marriage, into a business, it better prepares you for whatever's coming because you don't know what's coming. Yeah. Right. But when you count the emotional cost of having people quit on you, having people uh, say things about you, um, things, people saying no to your business, people saying no to your product or service, I think counting the emotional cost is so key. Knowing that you're going to feel like shit some days, knowing that some days you're just going to get your ass kicked. Yep. And counting that emotional cost up front gives you the understanding that, hey, Today was one of those days. That's right. And tomorrow you flip the page and keep the book going, you know, and uh, everybody has shitty chapters in their book, man. You just got to flip the page, man, and tomorrow's another day. But you've right. got to, you have to go into that understanding that if you don't count the cost in the first sense of tragedy, the first no, the first disappointment, you quit. Yeah, that's true. And, uh, you know, I think that, you know, thank God I didn't quit. I had some sort of tenacity that kept me going, but... Um, I think what would have made it a little bit more smooth was understanding the cost going into all situations. Got it. And that's what we have to know. We have to really understand the cost of going to, into anything, business, entrepreneurship, uh, sales. Uh, nice. When you count the cost, you prepare better emotionally. That's good. Yeah. That's good. That's powerful. And finally, what are some, I know you've done a lot of studying, bro. I know you've read a lot of books. What are some, some of the books that were the most impactful in your life? Uh, there's been a lot of them, man. But I think I think the ones that have made, made the most impact are, you know, it's funny. People ask this question all the time. It's like a, it's like an interview question. You it's know? true. It is. Um, I think people miss the mark when they read anything that doesn't have to pertain, that doesn't pertain to them. So people ask me all the time, Brett, can you recommend me a book? And I tell them books are supposed to be given to people almost like. Uh, like a pharmacist gives you a prescription. A prescription. Yes. Um, well, what are you suffering from, right? And people say, "Well, I just don't know how to how to how to really communicate with people." And I go, "Okay, how to win how to make how to win friends and influence people." Dale Carnegie, right? Right. And so, great book. Yeah, but somebody has to be suffering from that, or else their mind isn't in a mode to receive the information anyway. Right. So books are like prescriptive medicine. So at times when I've been in that moment, then I'll pick up that book and read it. But I think in a general sense, if you read anything about the mind, I think it'll, it's, it's going to set you up better than any specific book about money, you know, 
the millionaire this, the millionaire that, the five keys to this, the three keys to that. I just don't 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 believe in that. You know, um, so mindset. Psycho Cybernetics, mm-hmm. great book, changed my life. Oh, Maltz yeah. is a guy that you know used to do um, plastic surgery, discovered yes. that people were still feeling like shit after he fi- fixed them. Yes, yes. And so he went back to school and became a psychologist. Mm. And so he said, this is something deeper than physical. What is yes. it that, tr- that makes people feel a certain way about themselves? So anything that has to do with the human psyche, I think is, is you know, in business, service or product, you're going to see uh, meet other people. Might as well know about people before you know that's about true. the product. That's true. And I think that's always, that always makes for a great salesperson that, you know, you understand people and uh you know the product is secondary but i understand you and i understand who you are right. where you're coming from and now i can service your need and i can service you the way you want to be serviced with that's true so i love that and I, I agree i think that book that was the first personal development book i read at 18. no kidding that's how to win first influence people oh it, it, yes yeah how to win first influence people it was the first book at 18 2001 it was that i was given i was at a training they said Listen to this. It was a network marketing company. It was Jim Rohn, Building Your Network Marketing Business. Love that one. They said, listen to this and only this for the next month. No radio, no nothing, wherever yeah. you go. And for the next year, you're like, the birds. The right? birds, <laughs> the birds. And, and some seed falls on, on good ground yeah, or something, yeah, yeah. you know. So I listened to that and they said, how do we, so I went to Barnes & Noble. I bought How to Win Friends and Influence People. And it's got like two or three different highlighters. You know, I use two or three different highlighters for different things and Till this day, amazing book. So, yes, I agree with that. Brother, how can people connect with you, brother? How can they find you on social media? Uh, At Jerry Naharo on Instagram, uh, at the Every Group for the Every Group company. Uh, But I do my podcast at Building People First. Uh, Building People First is actually where I put all the concepts together on how to build a business. Um, Everything from the incentives to my talks on mindset. Uh, So, Building People First, you can catch my podcast and uh, listen to us a little bit more. Love it. Find our products on uh, Instagram as well. Building people first. I love it. Yeah. Th- thanks a lot, my, my brother. Appreciate no, thank that. Thank you, bro. Appreciate this was amazing. You. I appreciate it, man. Yeah. Guys, share this with everybody that you know that wants to level up. I appreciate you guys. My guest, Jerry, I appreciate you, my brother. Appreciate you. Bro. And with that being said, I will see you guys at the top or from the top. Take care. Ooh.